ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone around uh, the entire planet, thanks for tuning in to Between the Stitches podcast, baseball-only show, part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. My name is Ryan. We got a newer, uh, new host today for today's episode, John Badgett, former college teammate of myself and Jared's. Played with John for a while, and uh, he knows his, his stuff about baseball. He knows the prospects. He knows the game. Uh, so it's, it's good to have him on because we have a new top 100 prospects list that we'll be talking about today, diving into the new names, the names removed, uh, all that stuff. We'll go through the standings like we usually do, and then we will get into the fact that uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout's careers are being just pissed away in front of our very eyes. So. Have a lot to cover today. Excited to cover it all. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 18 of Between the Stitches. And uh, let's get into it. Welcome to Between the Stitches. Part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. Two former college teammates talking about what they know best. Baseball. All right, John, welcome to the show officially for the first time. Uh, it's good to have you on. We are live on YouTube. We're recording an episode. And uh, like I said, played baseball with John. John's the prospect guy, one of the prospect guys. we got a couple other friends that are uh, dialed into the prospects as well. But uh, John, first of all, I guess, welcome more than anything. And also, uh, hey, yeah, let's get back, into right? it. Yeah, let's get into it. So, yeah, we got a... Good amount to cover today. We always like to go through the standings before we do anything else on the episode and go through the standings from East to West, American League to National League. So with that being said, starting in the American League East, everybody knows by now the Yankees are dominating, 58-23. and 23. The Yankees could lose 35 games in a row and be 500. Uh they are 13 games over the Red, uh, Red Sox, 14 over the Rays and Blue Jays, 20 and a half over the Baltimore Orioles, which is a lot of games. The Orioles aren't going to make any, any noise this year at all, but the Orioles are playing much better baseball than I think a lot of people anticipated. A lot of people had them on the same levels as Kansas City and just the, the, amongst the worst teams in, uh, in the league. And they're only minus 24, John, on the run differential. I, if I'm an Orioles fan, obviously they're calling up all their dudes. Adley Rutschman, yeah. uh, Austin Hayes is playing out of his mind. Like, they're playing good baseball in some aspects. Yeah. They're not going to beat the Yankees. They're not going to beat the Red Sox. But if I'm an Orioles fan, I don't hate what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, they're, right? And they're in the best division of baseball, right? Like, you have the, the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Blue Jays would all be – in the playoffs, if not tied for a playoff spot in the wild card. So, I mean, it's – and then you got the the Orioles are six games under. Um, I don't think you can really expect anything more for an Orioles fan at this point being yeah. only six games under 500. Yeah, right um, now it's got it's got the Red Sox with the one game lead in the wild card and then Blue Jays and Tampa are tied for that second spot. So, I mean, yeah. theoretically, not not that it would be – I mean, there could be four teams coming out of that division, which would be bananas. So. I mean, yeah. if I'm the Orioles, yeah, I'm okay with it. Obviously, we, nobody expected them to be good this year. We just want their guys to come up, produce at a decent level, stay healthy. And it looks like they have, fingers crossed, knock on wood. So good for the Orioles. Yankees are 
I, I mean, most people would be shocked if they don't win that division. So good for them. Plus 159 run differential. I mean, it's just like, it's, yeah, yeah it's pretty ridiculous. So uh, Minnesota leading the Central by four and a half over the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> the White Sox can't seem to pull their head out of their own ass. Uh, five and a half back, two games under 500, minus 44 in the run happens. differential. That's <laughs> what happens when you got a hundred year old man managing your team. Correct. The that's bunch a, of just guys who want to have fun. That's a good call. And, and I don't think Larusa will be there for very long. Is this his first year? No, he was it was last year. Remember he had the Mercedes incident where Oh you know, Mercedes, <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's the home run on the position player and he like lost his mind and then yeah. just went downhill from there. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if Tony uh, gets canned after this year if they finish, you know, where they if it stays how it's been, under five hundred type team. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him get the old, the old hose at the end of the year. Uh, American League West again, just like I don't, the Astros are inevitable. Like it's I I don't understand thirteen and a half games over the Mariners. Uh, it's 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 looking like a, a AL East type of situation, except the other teams in the AL East are better. The second place team in the AL West is the Mariners, thirteen and a half back, but they're a game under five hundred. So. Maybe Seattle can find a way to get hot and catch up with some of those teams in the American League East and sneak in as that last uh, last playoff spot. But the bigger story, I think, in that entire division, nobody's shocked that Houston's winning it. Nobody's shocked Seattle's in second place or even the Rangers in third in some capacity. But the Angels being 37 and 45, 17 games back, I, I mean... The games back thing is tough because the uh, the Astros are fifty three and twenty seven, so most likely they're going to have a big gap. But for the Angels to be what is that eight games under five hundred, minus fourteen run differential with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the on the same team. I mean those two guys in themselves, adding in a decent guy, you know Taylor Ward or Noah Syndergaard pitching pretty well. Like I mean they had a no hitter at one point this year. What what the fuck are they doing? It's embarrassing. I mean, you got Mike Trout literally showing the pitchers that they're tipping pitches out in center field. Yep. Like, I mean, you know, they have that huge brawl the other day, and then Rendon's, you know, hitting guys and he's hurt. Like, uh. I mean, the whole team is just, it's just a wreck. Joe, Joe Madden's getting a, a, a mohawk and, uh, you know, gets fired the same day, so the team yeah. is going to see it. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just dysfunction at its finest, right? Like, well, let's just draft, you know, their entire draft class last year, 100% pitchers. They didn't even draft a position player. Like, that organization has no clue what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I feel terrible for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani because it's just you're just getting pissed away. Yeah, like we said, and we will we will definitely definitely get into that. But uh, moving on to the National League, the Mets are still leading the East. That giant lead they had in first place has shrunken significantly over the last week or two. They're still fifty and thirty-one. They're still playing good baseball. Uh, plus 59 on the run differential, but the Braves are two and a half back of the Mets. And I don't know what that lead was at one point. I don't know the largest margin, but I know it was double digits. I know it was, you know, 11, 12, maybe even 13 games at one point because the Mets were just on fire and everyone else in that division was being, was playing horrible, but the Phillies have picked it up. Atlanta has picked it up. It's funny that Philadelphia has picked it up uh, after getting rid of Joe Girardi. I just, I don't know if it's just like a, if it's a psychological thing, but it's just funny to me, like how much of a difference can a manager make, especially going from a seasoned veteran manager who has a track record of being successful to a guy with no experience. And the team didn't change. Nobody like they didn't acquire a bunch of new guys. They didn't send a bunch of guys. Like 
the only thing that changed is the managing the, the guy in the office for the manager's position and all of a sudden they they go from a couple games under 500 to now they're 43 and 38 they're only seven games back and i think at the wild card right now uh they would be in the playoffs so they're tied i guess essentially tied with st louis um for that third and final wild card spot but i just it's weird john i don't know i don't like i don't like scapegoating managers but it looks like it worked in that situation looks like they fired a their guy and they went in the best direction whereas we talked about the angels get rid of joe madden and things just get fucking worse so i don't know i don't know how it works but i guess it worked for philly i mean i guess yeah i i honestly have no idea how to explain that because they haven't changed you know any of the roster and um they're just playing better i mean i think maybe they're just having more fun right like they're a team that lives and dies by the home run. So if if they're not hitting home runs, though, they're not they're not going to be competing. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to be. I think they're a pretender. I don't think they're yeah. a contender. But um, you know, right now, yeah, they're playing they're playing good baseball. I mean, they also lost Harper, so I don't think that'll help whatever they're trying yeah. to do. Um, yeah. They've like played better without him. I think is what I've seen, or at least they've maintained the the uh, upward trend, which is just weird. Um, and then by the way, John, the Miami Marlins are three games back from a, a playoff position right now. They're three games back. They're a game under 500. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, it might be the greatest pitcher in the history of fucking baseball right now. I mean, that guy's just yeah. destroying people. Uh, but good for the Marlins. I mean, like if the Marlins sneak in, it's a classic cliche saying that everybody likes to say and fucking just over and over again, every postseason comes around. They're like, well, yeah, the Marlins weren't expected to be there. That's the last team I'd want to play right now. Like, I get it. You know, everyone always says that. And then it happened. Like, the Braves last year, people were like, oh, Braves have the worst record of any division winner. You know, they're doing all this, you know, going through injuries. They don't have Acuna. Then they kind of start to heat up, and everyone goes, well, that's the last team I want to play. And then they go to win the whole thing. So, you know, maybe there's some merit to that, but I don't think the Marlins will get in the postseason. If they did, it'd be cool to watch them. I mean, it'd be fun to watch, see what they would do. Just a young bunch of young guys, nothing to lose. Why not? You know, why not them? You got the starters to do it. I mean, you got yeah. you know, Alcantara at the top. You got Lopez, um, you know, and then you have a guy like a Trevor Rogers um, coming. I mean, yeah, they, they have some they have some top line guys. Uh, I, I worry about, you know, like who besides Jazz Chisholm and uh, like uh, Garrett Cooper scares you in that lineup, but... I mean, you yeah. never know, right? They beat the they beat the Cubs a couple of years ago. In they that did twenty twenty uh, Mickey Mouse season. So. They did, they did yeah. beat them. Yeah, we'll no, see I what mean, happens. yeah, I think if they would have had like if they right now had like one more guy, like a Starling Marte, if they'd have re-signed him, I know they were in on Castellanos. I know Castellanos hasn't been like amazing this year, but just the name itself, I'd be like, well, they still have Castellanos, and then they have you know Aguilar, or you know they have Marte, one of those guys. But yeah, there's like not. Not much uh, pop in that. I mean, I guess Jesus Sanchez occasionally can hit a ball 900 feet uh, for them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ryan, but... Ryan, Ryan Feltner. Yeah, oh my yeah, Coors Field too. So tough, uh, tough draw there. But NL Central Brewers are up by two and a half over the Cardinals. Uh, that John is the is a Cardinals guy through and through, and um, you know I wouldn't be too worried. I don't think John is too worried either. I mean, the Cardinals are just. We talk about the Angels being poorly run. The Cardinals are just the polar opposite of that. Just they're just, yeah. just run so well, and they get so much 
consistent production out of guys that maybe either go elsewhere and don't produce or just weren't expected maybe to be good. The Cardinals, I mean, they just call up, I mean, like, uh, who's their newest? Uh, yeah, Yepes. I mean, obviously everyone expected Goldschmidt to be good, but I don't know how many people expected him to be MV. Like, probably he's probably the front runner for MVP right now, I'd say. Uh, you know, production from uh, Adam Wainwright at 39, but like Yadier Molina still playing baseball. I, I just, I don't yeah. know what I mean, you thought was going to happen. Not good or bad. I just, I don't think this was expected. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. The, the offense has been better than I've expected. The, the issue that they're running into is Flaherty's like coming back, but he's not been right. Uh, you know, their whole starting rotation, Steven Matz has been on the shelf. Like, yeah, they can't stay healthy starting pitching wise. I mean, Jordan Hicks is, is hurt, like had a bunch of problems there. That's what I worry about. But um, if the Cardinals can get like a guy to compliment Michaelis and Wainwright, they're going to be, I think they'll win the division because I just don't see the Brewers having the bats to do it. Yeah. I don't see a guy in the Brewers lineup. I'm like, scares me anymore. Like, yeah, I don't think Chris, I don't think Chris and Yelich is, is the same guy he was a few years ago. Well, so. he stopped, uh, he stopped getting the signs from the outfield uh, and cheating. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, no, I think the Brewers are, are a good team. Obviously their pitching is very good, but it's similar to the, the Padres that we'll touch on just here in a second with the NL West, but you can have all the pitching you want and pitching at the end of the day, at least in my opinion, I think I, I referenced it a few times on the show, but um, like a good example, let me, uh, I meant to pull this up earlier. Um, MLB team ERA uh, rankings. So last year, John in 2021. Okay. Um, I'm going to read you off the top eight teams as far as team, all whole team ERA, and you can tell me what they all have in common. All right. Last year in 2021, number one in baseball and team ERA, the Dodgers. Giants were two. Milwaukee was three. Tampa Bay was four. Yankees were five. Atlanta was six. White Sox were seven. And Astros were eight. So of those top, all those top eight teams, what did they all have in common last year? Had a nasty bullpen. That's what I would say. It's a good, I mean, it, it's true, but if you look at it, the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers uh, got in as a wild card against the Cardinals. Giants won the West. Brewers won the Central. Tampa Bay, were they wild card? Or did they win the East outright last year? They won the East. They, they, won, the they East. won the East. The Yankees got in as a wild card. Atlanta won the uh, East, NL East. White Sox won the Central. Astros won the West. All those teams, all of those top eight, made the postseason. The only two teams that weren't in the top 10 to make the playoffs was St. Louis, <laughs> the Cardinals, who got bounced uh, in the first playing game. And then the, uh, the Red Sox at 15 had a high ERA, but the Red Sox absolutely piss pounded the baseball last year, like smashed it. So if you're going to pitch and you, and you have a, a high team ERA, uh, for example, this year in 2022, uh, Milwaukee's at 10. So if you're going to sit there at 10th in the league and, and team ERA, you're going to have to swing it a little bit. And that's the issue they're running into, I think, or they're going to run into at some point is like, you can only rely on Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Like if they, okay. Yeah. They, they all, you know, throw in, in a two game span and you give up three runs, but if you score three runs or you score two, you go one and one, you know, or you go, so it, it's not going to work. It's not a sustainable thing. And that plays into uh, the West, the transition to the NL West with the Dodgers who are sitting at second in team ERA. They're leading the national league West by five and a half over my Padres. 
51 and 29 for the Dodgers is pretty fucking good. Uh, the Padres are 47 and 36, which sounds excellent. Excellent. I mean, 11 games over. I would be as a Padres fan. Like, I, you know, I am. I'm, I've been uh, content with their their performance this year. But and I think I'd be panicking a lot more if I didn't look at this division and see that the Padres are two and eight in their last 10, which is not good. They're six and I think 12 in their last 18. Not good. But the Giants have lost six games in a row. They're two and eight in their last 10. Also, the Giants, I don't know. I guess I was expecting the Giants. This would be that like point in the season where the Giants would have like three games in a row where they're down six in the ninth inning and then they magically pinch hit Lamont Wade and he hits a six run home run to tie that. Like that's what it felt like last year. It's like every fucking night they would pinch hit some guy they just called up and he would hit the most clutch like RBI double. And you know what I mean? So I, I figured the giants at this point would be coming up and I've been saying it on the show uh, this whole season. Like the Dodgers are in first doesn't surprise anybody. Padres in second giants in third. My money was on that it, those would swap at some point throughout the season and the Giants would jump up to second. But we've talked about it with everybody. San Francisco has dealt with some injuries. I mean, Disclafani's done for the year. He's out. Um, I want to say one of their other starters went on the shelf or, oh, well, they I mean they lost Kevin Gosman for God's sake. I mean, that's a huge loss. I know they picked up Rodon, but he hasn't been, you know, a Kevin Gosman level caliber guy. He's been solid. So, Padres five and a half back. I'm happy with it. Kind of. You have to be happy with that. You have no Tatis still. Like, yeah. Just wait until Tatis I, comes back. Because okay, but the, again, that lineup is not scary yet until I, he gets back. I agree with that. I, I would say even more so uh, <laughs> to that point of the lineup not being scary. I think that's maybe an understatement. Uh, that team, the Padres right now as a team. It, uh, team OPS, John, where do you think the Padres are in Team OPS in Major League Baseball right now? Considering they have Manny Machado, Luke Voigt, uh, the superstar, incredible, gold-gloving, World Series champion Eric Hosmer, uh, Will Myers is getting $18 million this year, Trent Grisham had a superstar year in 2020. What do you think they are in OPS right now, John? They got a, they got a, they got a 691 OPS. I'm six. What did you say? 26? I'm going to say 26. They got a 691 OPS. So they're 20th in the league in OPS. But what's even yeah. worse is their slugging because their slugging right now is 375 as a team. Then that is good for 26th in the league in, in slugging. So the whole point of this diatribe is the Padres aren't hitting the ball. And it's the same with Milwaukee. You got to slug. You got to get on base. You got to... You have to have a decently high, you know, at least a decently high OPS. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how good you pitch it. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, what's even scarier or worse, if you will, is that <laughs> the Dodgers are second in team ERA in baseball and they're third in team. Uh, no, wait, what's their OPS as a team? Fuck. I had it on slugging. Yeah, they're first in OPS <laughs> and they're second in the league in, in team ERA. I mean, it's just you could say they've and they've underperformed. I mean, honestly, yes, a little bit this year. And they they like, don't have they, their guys. Like Walker Bueller hasn't contributed as much for them. Mookie Betts was out for two weeks. Like Dustin May hasn't been back yet. Dustin May, uh, dude. Kershaw's been hurt. I mean, yeah, they got, they still got Daniel they still Hudson. Got Daniel Hudson was shoving for them. He's done for the year too with an ACL. So it's like, 
I, dude, it's it is that's a that like we joked about the Giants being able to just just shit out like or the Cardinals, you know, good, you know, and it's it's a it's a it's not a it's not a dig. It's just they just are good at player development, I guess. But then, who's the guy for the Dodgers this year out of the bullpen? Uh, Phillips is that his name? Evan Phillips or like he's he's got like a one he's got like a one six ERA and he leads the team in appearances. It's like <laughs> who is he and what? Like I'm sure he might have been a high prospect or maybe they thought he was solid, but. I don't think anybody was like, oh, hey, you know who's going to be the guy for the Dodgers this year in the bullpen? Evan Phillips. Like, not Craig. Gonsolin's our best starter. Yeah. Like, that. It's fucking, it's annoying. I mean, obviously, it's annoying as a Padres fan, but you have to commend it. It is what it is. But I think, John, the telling stat for those teams, I mean, a lot of them are dominating. Um, but, you know, the Brewers lead the Cardinals by two and a half, like we said. 34, plus 34 on the run differential. It's It's solid. But it's not something where, again, where we look at the, the Dodgers at plus 143 or the Yankees at plus 156, uh, Astros at plus 93. Like the teams that are, I think, solid are starting to separate that run differential a little bit. I mean, you should be, if you're a good team, quote unquote, at this point, I'm just looking through all the different run differentials. I think you should be over plus plus 50, maybe plus 55. I mean, looking at the Mets are plus 59, Cardinals are plus 56. Uh, the Red Sox are plus 59, you know, Minnesota's plus 50. So like those are solid teams. Atlanta's plus 58. Um, Padres are plus 48. So like those are solid teams, but then Milwaukee down at plus 34. I think that just shows um, they're just not really hitting the ball. And I think the last thing we'll say on these standings here, that's interesting is that they do have expected win loss listed on there. And I think that's based on runs given up versus runs scored. Um, right now they have the Cardinals expected wins loss to be a game over the uh, Brewers. A lot of teams are right on the nose. The Padres are right on the nose at 47 and same, same exact record. Giants are one game off. Um, but there are a few teams that stand out. Um, there is one in particular. I can't remember. I thought I saw someone somewhere. Maybe it was earlier in the year. I think it was like the Yankees were at their, like it was like two weeks ago and they had whatever record they had and their expected win loss was actually like four games better than what they were like three, two weeks ago. I was like, dude, holy shit, man. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much standings update. Yankees uh, in the East twins in the central Astros in the West uh, Mets in the NL East Brewers in the NL central Dodgers in the NL West. If the playoffs ended today, the three wildcard teams in each league would be, uh Padres, Giants, and Cardinals, I believe, in that National League. And then in the American League, it'd be the three teams from the three teams in the American League East, not the Yankees. Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox. So uh interesting all the way around. I don't think any of those are like shocking. I think the biggest shock so far of any of those performances is the White Sox. I think that everybody thought the White Sox were going to be a lot better. They haven't been very good. It is what it is, John, but we will move on because it's important to know not only how teams are doing now, but how they're going to do in the future. And with that being said, we got some new prospects. Let me pull up the uh, new MLB top 100 prospects list. I heard rumors, John, that there's a new number one. Is that correct? Yeah. Riley or Green. The, uh, Riley Green. Yeah, he's actually in the big leagues now. So yeah, yeah. He'll be taking off the list soon enough, but. Uh, a few guys like really jumped up. Um, Francisco Alvarez for the the Mets. the Mets. Which my thing is like, if you look at like historical like numbers with 
with catchers being like really high ranked prospects, they never normally have like the war equivalent to another guy who's like a you know like a Julio Rodriguez, or like a Bobby Witt. Sure. Uh, like that's why I didn't really agree with like Rushman being number one, just because catching is so hard and you're not you're not catching enough games to to compete with a guy who's playing 150 games a year. Um, that's like my gripe with the list, but. Orioles had two guys in the top five, which I thought was interesting. That's huge. Um, and, uh, you know, Cardinals had a guy in the top 10. Um, and then you know, a few older names on the list that have been there, like Volpe for the, uh, for the Yankees. The Yankees, yeah. Yeah, and then a recent, most recent uh, draft class was uh, Marcelo Meyer for the uh, Red Sox. All the way up. Number 10. Yeah. Which is, is kind of crazy to me, considering, you know, kid's 19 years old and he's a uh, you know, top and prospect already and hasn't even well um yeah I know what your take on that is but obviously I, he's you know pretty high up on the on the list yeah I, I mean going through that list like you said going through one through ten uh riley green like they all have uh for each guy they have listed on there is the level they're at and then their their eta their expected uh like big league debut year and marcelo myers the first guy with the year 2024 listed which is crazy because that's still only two years from now and put him at 21 the rest of these guys are 21 and 20 um but he's also the first guy on the list that's in straight up a ball not even advanced a he's in like straight up single a right now 19 years old i don't have a problem with it i just really hope uh you know it's not like a it doesn't it's not a jinx you know what i mean or something like that that kind of ends up working against them or he's got because some guys, you know, I mean, like, you, you know, Mark Appel or these other, like, these guys that just come up with these gigantic expectations right off the bat. Yeah, if you're a high pick, you're going to have high expectations. But to be a high pick and then go jump up the, the list so quickly, I mean, I was surprised to see uh, a guy, like, for the Padres, like Robert Hassel. He was the, a 2020 draft pick, and he was in the top 100 as of this previous list, and then he's jumped up to 24. So, um yeah, same type of thing. That kid's 20. Uh, I see a lot of guys on here that I know. Jack Leiter up at 17. Uh, O'Neal Cruz will probably get off, be you know, booted off this list at some point in the, uh, this season. Um, Nick Lodolo has had some big league time. Um, going through here, Royce uh, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Libertor, that's your guy with the Cardinals. Uh, he's been up. Did Nolan Gorman get bu- uh, bumped off then, I'm guessing? Or is he even on? Yeah, yeah I'm guessing because yeah, he... He got, he got taken off the list. Yeah, so Nolan Gorman, you know, a lot of guys got called up. Um, I don't know the answer to this, John, but do you know which team has the most guys on the list? Is it the Orioles? That's a very good question. Let me go um, through here. So the Angels have zero. <laughs> Angels have zero. Astros have one. Uh, Oakland has three. Blue Jays have four. Braves have zero. Interesting. Brewers have three. Cardinals have four still. That's very impressive. Cubs have four. D-backs have three. So right now the four. Oh, perfect. So four was the number, and then I clicked on Dodgers, and they have six guys in the top 100. So that's great. The rich keep getting richer. The Giants have three. The Guardians have six. Interesting. So good for Cleveland. Cleveland has six guys in the top 100. The Mariners have four. The Marlins have three. The Mets have four. The Nationals have two. The Orioles have five. 
going to the Orioles quickly. Also, John, I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys are supposed to like be like kind of dudes. Like you said, Grayson Rodriguez, fourth overall prospect, Gunnar Henderson, fifth overall, even DL Hall, I thought was supposed to be pretty solid for them. Um, I mean, DL Hall is like, you know, a hundred from the left side. And then a guy they drafted uh, out of Arkansas, like two years ago, just started playing in the minor leagues. He had a heart issue. Uh, Heston Kerstad, like he just started playing for the Orioles minor league. So I don't even know if he's on the list, but no, he's not, but he sounds like, like the second overall pick. So it's like, you got to expect a guy like that to, to come up to the big leagues at some yeah. point too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, we talked about it before, but if I'm an Orioles fan, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with what's going on right now. I mean, it sucks. Right. I mean, to not be you know good on the field playing, but it's not that they're doing it the right way. They're doing it exactly how you're supposed to do it. They're building it from the ground up. They have a good foundation, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Orioles competing for, um, you know, a division potentially in the next four to five years. I don't know how soon that's gonna you know be, or if the, the Yankees will fall off. I mean, for fuck's sake, Aaron Judge, no one knows where he's gonna be next year. You know, it's like if Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees, I mean, that's literally a, a, a that's eight wins off your roster if you look at you know where he'll probably finish with WAR. So. I don't know. I mean, the Rays are always scrappy in that division. The Red Sox are always run well. Um, Toronto's got a you know pretty young, deep roster, but I'd look out for the Orioles. You know, whatever the whatever it was when the Sports Illustrated did uh, in like 2011 or 12, they did a a cover like Houston Astros 2017 World Series champions. You know, like they were five years out, and it ended up paying off for them. So. You know, you can't have every one of those guys just hit right on the nose either. Not all prospects are going to just flourish and be superstars. But, yeah, not bad. Uh, Padres have three. I think they should have four, but they have three. Robert Hassel, Camposano, and James Wood. Um, Phillies have three. Let's see here. Pirates have five, including O'Neill Cruz, who will be off at some point. Um how do we feel about O'Neill Cruz, John? What do we like? Do we think he's Tatis level type guy? Will he no. will he get there? What do we think? I mean, I love the tools, right? But if you look at like his minor league stats throughout his his tenure down there, doesn't doesn't have a lot of you know hit tool there. I mean, yeah, he's got you know the the crazy power, the crazy speed, but making consistent contact, I worry about that. And you know how it is, like every time you move up a level, the pitching just gets that much better. Um I definitely worry about him. I mean, he's a career, you know, 275 hitter in the minor leagues, but um, which isn't bad, but, um, you know, he, he was hitting 232 in, in AAA this year. I worry about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he, he's a huge guy, too. I mean, he's like 6'7". Like, there's not a lot of guys besides, like, an Aaron Judge or a Stanton who are that big that play this long. I mean, it's just, it's just tough on your body, and it's tough to, uh, to, like, repeat your mechanics at that size, too. Yeah. Six seven as a shortstop. That's that's asking a lot, I think. So, I mean, I of course we hope for the best, but yeah, it, it, we'll see. I mean, he may end up transitioning to a a third base or even a a corner outfield or something. I don't know. Uh, Rangers are also have six. John, they have six in the top one hundred. Good for the Rangers. That's good because they'll be able to call up guys like Lighter, like Josh Jung. Uh, to complement the pieces that they spent a fuckload of money on with Simeon, with Corey Seager, uh, John Gray, Gray. (laughs) tough signing there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, we love we love John Gray around here. The Rays have five. That's not shocking. Uh, one of them is Shane Baz, who I'm assuming will be removed from that list soon. Josh, uh, is it Lowe, the outfielder? Because they have Josh Lowe and they have Brandon Lau, and they're both spelled exactly the same. So I uh, just wanted to make sure I, I didn't butcher that. Red Sox have four. The Reds have four. Would, would hope for more from the Reds. Reds are struggling. Hey, the Colorado Rockies have four, John. That's not bad. It's probably one of the highest numbers they've had in the last yeah. 10 years as far as top 100 guys. Newsflash, none of them are pitchers. Yeah, shocker. Exactly what they need. But, uh, yeah, I think out of their top, yeah, it's not – in their top 10 themselves, their, their highest-ranked pitcher is the seventh overall prospect in their, <sighs> in their top 30. So, I mean, they Just... do, the Rockies do have some nice hitting pieces like Zach Mean and uh, Tovar and Drew Romo, but – yeah, pitching wise, I mean, there's there's a lot left to be desired there <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, Royals have two, including uh, both of their guys. I think I mean will be off that list by by this time next year. Um, Nick Prado will be up at some point. The Tigers have two, and Riley Riley Green will be off at some point. The Twins have one with Royce Lewis. He will be off fairly soon. The White Sox only have one top 100 guy, and that's not ideal if they're going to start trending downwards. And then the Yankees have uh, five guys. Funny enough, John, so they have Volpe, Oswaldo Peraza, Jason Dominguez is supposed to be a fucking stud. I don't know if he dropped or went up, or I don't know what happened there, but he's supposed to be really good. Austin Wells, a catcher. And then, oddly enough, John... Their fifth-ranked prospect in the New York Yankees organization, 74th out of 100, is a kid named Ken Waldachuk. <laughs> I played against Ken Waldachuk in high school. Uh, he played at University City High School in San Diego, and I he was, like, okay. <laughs> like, he was probably, like, mid to upper 80s, like, his senior year. But there was nothing about that kid that was ever like, this guy's a big leaguer on the Yankees. So it's kind of fucking crazy. Like, I literally saw his name on, on Major League or Minor League Baseball sent out a tweet about him because he's just having an unbelievable season, I guess. And uh, they were like, yeah, you know, Ken Waldachuk, he's going to probably find himself. And I was like, Ken Waldachuk? Like, that mid to upper 80s left handed fucking dude from San Diego that we played against. But. I mean, he's got a 1-9 ERA and 14 starts and a 68 innings. I mean, pretty good stuff. So, yeah, that pretty much sums it up, uh, John, And unless there's any names on here that you, you feel like we, we skipped over that we should talk about. Is, is this Daniel Espino? Is that the kid who went first? Did he go first overall? No, he was uh, – he kind of fell in the draft. He's like kind of classic, like uh, – Teams are, are pretty hesitant about taking right-handed high school arms, you know, like high in the draft. Because he, he was throwing like 100, right, or close yeah, to it. Yeah, but I mean, he was like, yeah, he was like 100, 101 in high school, and he's about to like 103. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a ridiculous arm. Um, but, yeah, it's like it's like anything, though. These You look at, like, the average numbers. From the time a high school right-handers drafted in the first round, on average, they're in the big leagues in five to six years. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a long waiting period. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, he's legit. Like, I mean, you talk about, like, stuff these kids you know 70 grade fastball yeah you know, 65 grade slider like that's plus plus stuff i mean he'll he'll be up 
maybe not this year, but definitely next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a good list. It's a lot of young guys. I actually knew a lot more, at least reading the names off, you know, like I know, I know the names, you know, maybe it's just cause I played fucking MLB the show and they have these prospect cards in there. I don't know. I don't know, but I knew, I knew a good amount up until about, you know, like mid forties and then it's kind of starts to drop off. But, um, like even in like 53, Ronnie Mauricio, I know that guy because of MLB the show, you know, or like, uh, um, there's another one, DL halls and it'll be the show. Uh, there's a couple others, but either way, uh, that'll cover the list of top 100 guys. And the last thing I wanted to talk talk about, John, before we sign off here, is we talked about the Angels already and how shitty they are. Everybody knows they're shitty, uh, but the the biggest problem is they're not shitty with a bunch of shitty players. They're shitty with two of arguably the best players in the sport itself on the same team, featured in the same lineup, hitting back-to-back on most nights. And, and one of them, and he this too. And one of them is, uh, at, his, at his peak, a Cy Young contender, uh, and obviously an MVP last year, but that's Otani and Trout with the Angels. So I think I want to be sure on this before I look it up but I'm pretty sure Shohei Otani only has two years left, including this year on his contract. Um, he's got five and a half million due this year. He's got arbitration, his third year of arbitration next year. Then in 2024, uh, John, he's an unrestricted free agent, unrestricted. And he'll be what? 30. He'll be 30 years old as an unrestricted free agent, having an MVP, being the stellar guy that he is. Yeah, so the question is, if the Angels want to truly suck, which at this point honestly wouldn't be the worst strategy, just considering how poorly they've played and that this season's over. Like, their season's over. They're not coming back from this. They're not a team that has an, uh, a run in them. They don't have that, that capability. They have a good roster, but they don't have the, the run. So if hypothetically they were to dump a guy like Otani at the trade deadline and each of the teams in the major leagues came to them and said, we will give you blank for Shohei Otani. What we wanted to, to touch on what each team would have to give up to get Shohei Otani from the angels. And I think it's a good discussion because it's probably not going to happen. But if out of nowhere, uh, you know, I don't know the, I don't know who's a team that's like right on the cusp, like maybe the Giants. I don't know, maybe the the Mariners, maybe like one of these teams where it's like they they start to win a few games. The trade deadline's still about a month away. They go twenty, you know, twenty four and six in the last in the next thirty games. Shit, we're there. We just need that one extra spark. So. Going through the teams, we don't have to spend too much time on each one, each team. But starting again, we'll do the same thing we did with the standings. What would the Yankees have to give up to get Otani? What do you think, John? Because they would have to give up. Yeah, I mean, like Jason Dominguez, they might have to give up like a, a Nestor Cortez. Um, I mean, they'd have to give up at least like two of their top five guys and then a pretty established big leaguer at least. 
so then that would um, be you think a lot of these teams when we're saying have to give up do you think those teams like most of them would lean towards having to give up big prospects you think like yeah just the angels to, to rebuild just for the, just for the control thing too I yeah mean, you know you get a guy you know he's top top rated prospect you get him for five six years but yeah with the new cba like five years yeah uh, i'm not paying him a lot of money that's a lot that's the way the league is going it's it's getting younger and younger yeah. every year uh the red sox would probably have to give up uh met mayor probably i'm guessing like would you if they if they came to the yankees or they came to the uh, angels excuse me and they said we'll give you marcelo mayor and we'll give you uh i don't know a controllable young starting pitcher i don't know who that would be maybe like uh i don't even know like is mayor enough or did they have they probably have to throw in a couple more guys i'm guessing but i don't see that happening so we don't have to spend too much time on that the Rays, I feel like, could pull it off with just the young weapons they have, but the Rays make sure to get the most out of their guys as young as possible and then get, like, yeah. three good years out of them and then dump them for somebody that's much better before they have to actually pay them uh, money. So I don't know if they yeah, do, no, Otani, they but... They trade the guys that aren't going to ever amount to anything either. They're going <laughs> to trade the guys that... Uh, yeah, yeah. That they, they already know aren't good. Yeah, they yeah, find a way. The, the Blue Jays, um, I don't know who they'd have to give up, but I don't know if I'd see that happening either. Let me see. Um, the Blue Jays. Like a guy, like a Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, like he's top, number six. Yeah, yeah, number six prospect. They could go Moreno. They could go him and, and like, Manoa. Like, would they be willing to give up yeah. Alec Manoa? Probably. No, but it just yeah. it's just a conversation. The Orioles also have the weapons to do it. Uh, would it ha- will it happen? No. But if I, th- what if the Orioles came to the Angels and said, "We'll give you Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson for Shohei Otani straight up"? Is that enough? I'm I'm, I'm running to the. I, if I'm the Angels, I'm taking that. I'm absolutely taking that. I don't think Otani wants to wants to stay in. No, he doesn't. He's not. He's not even going to negotiate. I don't think with them. So I mean, how are they yeah. going to pay him? You know, with like the with the you know the Rendon contract and the in the Trout contract, like. They can't. I'm not gonna be able to pay him what, yeah. he, what he wants. Yeah, you no, can't. I'm, I'm, I'm trading him if I if I'm the Angels, but so you take you take four and five overall prospects for Otani straight up. Absolutely, for a yeah. year and a half of control, I would 100 percent take that deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's possible. No I mean, yeah. You can't afford him as a team. Like, yeah. there's no way the Angels resign Otani. There's just no way. Right. Um, Twins. The Twins came to the Angels and said, "We'll give you Royce Lewis, and we'll give you." Uh, I don't even know who else would be on their team. Royce Lewis is their top prospect, but Royce Lewis and uh, Joe Ryan. Yeah, that's a good call. Joe Ryan, maybe or uh, yeah, I don't know, Dobnak or something. Um, White Sox. I think the Whites. If the White Sox came to the Angels and said, "We'll give you Andrew Vaughn," and you know. I don't know, maybe like Eloy. I feel like those two types of guys, like Eloy can't really stay healthy, so maybe that's a little bit of a risk, but it's like he's still amazing when he's healthy. I feel like that'd be a decent shuffle. I mean, Andrew Vaughn's been really good for them. I don't know. It's just it's just weird because we sit here and talk about it. Like you said, but Artie Moreno, he might have Otani's value is like if Tatis, Padres are like Tatis for, for Otani straight up, and he'd be like, no, I wouldn't like, no. You know, or he like, if money wasn't a fact, like he probably thinks, I mean, he is, he's probably the best player in the world. 
you know, in all honesty, just as far as value. But yeah, money has to be a consideration. Uh, Cleveland definitely has the youngness to do it. I don't think they would do it. Maybe. I mean, uh, looking at their prospects, if they came, they said, we'll give you Naylor, Espino, and Owen Miller for Shohei Otani. Would you do it? Probably not, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd have to get, you'd have to get way more pitching than that. I yeah. Like. If you're the Angels, you got it. I mean, that's their problem, right? So that's, yeah, that's true. Year. If the team has yeah. the pitching for it. Yeah. Um, Detroit won't do it. Kansas City won't do it. Stupid to talk about. Uh, could the Astros consider it? Like, what if they went, they went Christian Javier and, and Fran Rivaldez straight up for Otani? You would do that? I'm taking that all day. I'm taking that all day. Because I think most people would freak out and say, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, no way. I would take that. And I would take that too. That was the Angels. But my point is, if, if the Astros came to them and said, this is what we offer, Artie Moreno would probably literally scoff at that and be like, that's fucking ridiculous. I would never take that in a million years. Whereas he probably should. <laughs> he, probably, he probably should. Um, Seattle, I mean... Imagine um, you give him Julio, Julio for, uh, for Otani. How interesting. Like that would straight be. up, Julio Rodriguez for Shohei Otani. Would you take that? I mean, if I'm the Angels, I'm taking it. If I'm the Mariners, I'm definitely not doing that deal. But who's yeah. the young, um, uh, who's the, the young pitcher that the Padres traded away for Austin Nola, who throws oh, three quarters? Well, no, no, Munoz too, but. Um, oh, um, Matt Brash? I think it's Matt Brash. Let me see their roster. Mariners roster this year. Yeah, it was Matt Matt Brush. Was it? Is he up in the big leagues or is he hurt right now? Uh, he was in the big leagues earlier. Um, man, he, he just didn't do well. But um, he's back down in the minors. I'm not sure if he's hurt actually, but um, he's got like one of the most disgusting sliders of. Yeah, I know. Seen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Trust, yeah. Me. Trust me. Um, the Rangers. What if the Rangers came to the the Angels and said, "We'll give you Lighter and Josh Jung and John Gray for Shohei Otani." Right. John Gray might be a downgrade. I know, deal, but, but it's a pitcher, you know. It is a it is a pitcher. I don't, I don't know if I'm doing that, but just because, I mean, I, I maybe put like a Cole win if you if you included like a Cole win in there. Yeah, I probably would do that deal. Yeah. Uh, Oakland's not going to do anything. The Mets, could the Mets pull that off? If the, if the Mets pulled that off, the Mets said, we'll give you Jacob deGrom for Shohei Otani, straight up. Would you take that if no, you're the Angels? I'm not doing it. No? No way. No. That's not, that's not enough? I mean, I love deGrom, but... Can't stay know, healthy. The health, the health thing, yeah, concerns me for sure. What if they went Alvarez and Degrom for Otani? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'd still be looking at like you know you'd have to give up you know like a maybe like a, a cookie like a Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, yeah, somebody Tywin Walker or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Atlanta probably doesn't really have the the system to do it. They have nobody in the top 100. I mean, they I mean, got rid of everybody in the offseason within that Olsen deal and. Yeah, what if they go? What if they said we'll give you Acuna 
and Ian Anderson for Shohei Otani. Yeah, I'm doing that. Would you do that? I'm doing that 100. Yeah, I'm doing. What that if absolutely. you take out? I, I, what if you take out Acuna? What if you said like, who's the young guy? They just uh, Michael something the. Harris. Yeah, the Michael yeah. Harris and Ian Anderson for Shohei Otani. Michael Harris yeah. and Max Fried for Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like Max Fried, but. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, mean, I feel I, like. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Phillies don't really have. I don't know. They have a couple of guys in the top 100 that are pitchers, though. Andrew Painter and Mick. Is it Mick Abel? Is that how you say it? Abel, yeah. So, I mean, what if they said Painter, Abel, uh, and I don't know, Moniac or I don't know, Young. Yeah. Somebody like Young and Controllable. Um, Miami. So, what if the Marlins, what if the Marlins said Pablo Lopez and Jesus Sanchez? And maybe one more pitcher, Max Mayer. Yeah, or like a Yuri Perez. Yeah, I would do that 100%. I mean, it just makes too much sense for them not to do it. But, you know, knowing them, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not going to pull the trigger. Nationals that. aren't, aren't going to do anything. The Brewers, I don't think, have the system for it. They got three guys in the top 100. They're all outfielders. Um, would the Cardinals ever do that, John? Would they, what if they said Libertor? And Nolan Gorman and Harrison Bader for Otani. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to see Otani as a Cardinal, I don't think they would do it. Um, they like their guys. Not spl- they're not a splashy team like that. I mean, even like the Arenado deal was like weird for them going out and getting Goldschmidt. Yeah, yeah, just those were like not normal things that they. they yeah. Do. yeah, Cubs wouldn't do it. Pirates wouldn't do it. Reds wouldn't do it. Honestly. Honestly, the Dodgers would and could easily pull that trade off. They would do it and they could do it. If they said, we'll give you uh, the pet, I think you just, I think it's pronounced Pepio, the guy who's been pitching for me. Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller, and um, I don't know, another young controllable position player. Dustin May or something like that. Or yeah, Yeah. Dustin May or, or even, um, I'm trying to think like who's on their <laughs> who's on their roster. Um Pepio and Miller, by the way, are both gonna be just freaks. Like they're gonna Pepeo be amazing. Got his first win, uh, yeah. Yesterday against the Rockies. He did. I thought. What if they go Pepio, Miller, and Gavin Lux? You take that if you're the Angels? Yeah, I'm taking that all day. And if I'm the Dodgers, I'm taking that too. Yeah. Uh, no, one hundred percent. Like that's a. I think it's a one-one. <laughs> yeah, that sucks to hear, and I don't want anybody in the Dodgers organization to hear this fucking podcast get any ideas. But, like, dude, I mean, could you imagine the Dodgers getting Shohei Otani? Seriously, could you? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the Dodgers. Right? <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you imagine that lineup though? Yeah, like Trey Turner at the top. You got Turner, Betts, Bellinger, Freeman, and Justin Turner. Otani. This is in no particular order. Muncie, Otani. Will Smith. Oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah. Chris Taylor. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. Just the names go on and on. Um, The Padres wouldn't do it. I don't think Preller is too much into his own guys. Um, And if they did do it, they'd have to give up probably Mackenzie Gore, probably C.J. Abrams, probably Robert Hassel to honestly one of those two, or if not all three of those guys, which is not 
ideal. I don't think they would do it. Um, the Giants, I don't know if the Giants have, they don't really have much to offer. They're kind of an old veteran team. I don't really see them making that big splash anyways. And then the D-backs, I mean, they don't have much. I mean, honestly, I could see the Rockies doing it just because they're fucking stupid. And they would they would trade like CJ Crone and I don't know, uh Jonathan Daza and Kyle Freeland and Ryan Rollison. Like all of them for for Otani, you know, for like a year and a half yeah. of Otani to finish fourth in the division to sell and, jerseys. And both, and both those teams that think it's a it's a it's a great deal and they're both gonna be shit. Correct. Correct. Um where is Rollison, by the way? Is he not a top one hundred or did he no, he uh no, he's like he's seventh on the Rockies top top thirty list. Oh um, shit. I thought he'd be yeah, higher by now. No, he's been Didn't he get on. called up? It says no. MLB on his level. Oh, maybe not. He got called up? It says MLB when it says level. So uh oh, 20- that must have just happened then. No, he hasn't gotten called up. Doesn't look like it. Twenty twenty one, he's in Round Rock and High A, double A, triple A. So he's up to Albuquerque, and he's struggled in Albuquerque. But yeah, interesting. He hasn't even pitched this year yet. He's on the sixty day IL. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um. All right. Well, that's pretty much gonna do it, John. Uh, hopefully, we encapsulated you guys enough. You enjoyed the conversation, a little prospect action. Um. If John's able to join us again next week or something, we'll we'll try to get that figured out. But. Well, no, I think this time next week, uh, who will be starting the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken? Um, or is the All-Star game, will it be over by? No, no. It's the week after, oh. right? Yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah, the it's week after. Week. July yeah. tw- 19th, I think, is the All-Star game. Um, yeah, but we'll know who's starting, I think, by then, or maybe some home run derby participants, so we can get into that. Um, we'll talk about... I'm sure by then, especially with just the way teams are playing, more of these trade rumors or guys that are shopped will be starting to gain a lot more momentum. I think the trade deadline this year was, what, August like 2nd or something like that? They pushed it back a couple days. So we'll see. Uh, otherwise, it'll be cool to just see who makes the all-star teams, you know, for each for each league. Um, yeah, and there'll be some maybe some shakeups in the standings. Big series to watch uh, upcoming this weekend, John, just just as an FYI. Um, the Padres play the Giants, so that it's a four-game series in San Diego, so that's just big. Um, Phillies and Cardinals, that's also going to be a really good matchup. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Um, there you go. Marlins Mets like doesn't look like that'd be on paper really at the beginning of the year anything to to write home about but like the Marlins go in there and take two out of three or for God's sake they sweep them I mean that would be electric uh so I mean hey who knows Yankees Red Sox also a huge series for for obvious reasons um and then yeah that's pretty much it for compelling series I mean Blue Jays Mariners gonna be solid but yeah, there's a few series this weekend that will have good indications of directions teams are heading and maybe some playoff implications. So other than that, John, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to Between the Stitches, episode 18. We appreciate it as always. And uh, 
you know, check us out on social media. Check us out on TikTok. And uh, otherwise, weekend. John, you got anything for him on the way out? Peace. Adios. All right, we'll catch you guys uh, later. Thanks for listening to Between the Stitches. Follow Phenomenal Fan Media on social media for more. And subscribe on Patreon for exclusive content. Let's go! Yeah.